0: In today's podcast, I sit down with Phil Shifflin and Christine Brunson to talk about resiliency. We talk about bending and not breaking and how it's a continuum. I love this conversation with these Siemens Church Institute chaplains and advocacy experts, and I hope that you enjoy it too. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Women Offshore Podcast. This is Ali Cedeno and Christine McMillan. We are both experienced seafarers. And at Women Offshore, we are making waves. The Women Offshore Foundation propels women plus into meaningful careers through access to a worldwide community and professional development resources while raising awareness amongst industry leaders and decision makers about issues affecting women on the water. This podcast is an integral part of our mission, and we appreciate you listening in. New episodes of the Women Offshore Podcast are available every Tuesday. Subscribe on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts on and be in the know about the latest topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion within the maritime and offshore industries. Thanks for tuning in. We have another great episode for
1: you today. Hello, Christine and Phil. Thank you so much for joining me on the Women Offshore podcast today. And I am really excited to have you here. Thanks so much for your time.
2: Absolutely. my pleasure.
1: So let's just go ahead and dive right in. Phil, I'd love you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. And, and then
2: we'll follow up with Christine after that. Sure. Th- thanks, Christine. So Phil Schifflin, uh, uh, was with the Coast Guard for 30 years and now works at Siemens Church Institute as their uh, director of the Center for Marine Advocacy. And, um, what does Siemens Church Institute and what does Center for Marine Advocacy does? Well, Siemens Church Institute has three primary missionaries. One is pastoral care. That is kind of, uh, meeting the mariners where they are and, and trying to fulfill their, their, uh, needs, both, uh, uh, emotionally and spiritually. And uh, you know, unlike most seafarer Wealth organizations, we minister to both blue water mariners as well as inland marine mariners. We have chaplains that focus on, on both those areas. Seaman uh, Church Institute also has two training centers that uh, host in the Center for Maritime Education, one located in Paducah, Kentucky, another in Houston, Texas. And Seaman Church Institute thought is that a well-trained mariner is likely a happier and safer mariner that's one of the reasons we host these training centers. And then there's a missionary that I'm in charge of, and that's the uh advocacy piece. And I advocate for, again, both the Blue Water International Mariners as well as inland marine mariners. And the advocacy works a little bit different for sure, with uh I do work at the International Labor Organization, International Maritime Organization, making sure that the treaties organizations do take into account the impacts on the mariners. And then if you have, uh, mariners who get abandoned or not paid the wages or poor living conditions, et cetera, I advocate for those individual mariners with the ship owners, the P and I clubs, the flag states, et cetera, trying to get them some relief. Inland Marine Mariners is different. I mean, the opposite then them would be with maybe Coast Guard policies, Coast Guard regulations, maybe statutes, trying to get some relief there. And then a lot of it's around mariner wellness, just physical wellness, mental wellness, trying to improve uh, the live conditions on the vessels. Could I do what seam churches do?
3: Thank you. Christine, please tell us what you do. Yeah, my name is Christine Brunson. I am the chaplain for the Port of Houston and Gulf Coast regions. of taking the southern tip of Texas up to about Lake Charles, but most of my work is within the Houston Ship Channel. I work at the center for, or I'm housed at the center for um, the CME, that he was talking about in Houston. And I just love that area. I love doing the, the rivers and kind of these intercoastal waterways and interacting a lot with Coast Guard um, and the different Mariners around the area.
1: Thank you so much for the service that you provide to the Mariners. And recently in the news, we had the big fire that happened on the ship in Newark. And, um, you know, I got an email that said that, you know, basically the Mariners had to evacuate the vessel and they left everything behind. I mean, just as if they had a house fire at home, the same thing happened to their home on the water. And Stephen Church Institute was there to support them and to make sure that they just had a change of clothes and, you know, like simple belongings, which I think that that is amazing that there is an organization that cares for the human aspect of the mariner, right? And not just the document side or, you know, there's all these other organizations that are here for that. So, so it, what you do is really valuable. And so I would like to talk to you about resilience today, because you have seen the maritime industry, you know, go through the pandemic recently, and just, it's just a tough industry anyways. And so let's talk about resilience. Can you define it, what it means to you? And then we want to dive into a little bit more with Christine about her definition of resiliency. Phil, I'd love for you to answer it and give us a start of what you
2: think resiliency is to you. Sure. I mean well, when I say resilience, it's bending not breaking. And mm. you know, I mean I think we all face stress in life and, and we can't expect a life filled with um, unicorns. The reality is that they're, they're a challenge we face. And um and it's it's okay to bend, um, but you but finding the coping is mechanism so you don't break. And and the coping mechanism to me, you have a stiff upper lip. You know it's it's not just always um just drive through it and suck it up. It's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to find resources to help you support yourself. You do bend, but not break. And I think resilience, it's developing those coping mechanisms to deal with the trials and tribulations that life will throw at you.
1: That's a great definition. Christine, how would you define resiliency in your own life and, and that that you see in the Mariner's life?
3: It's really a fluid concept, almost a continuum of low, moderate to high. And... When we look at building resilience among maritime communities, I think of it kind of like a vessel. We need a lot of different people and a lot of different jobs to to make it go and to do what it needs to do. And I think we need that team of people in our lives. So our community, our therapists, our doctors, our, our good friends who will show up when it hits the fan. So a lot of times to define resilience, I look at how to build resilience, so how to we're going to all take in these financial stresses, these personal life stresses, job stresses, hierarchy, chain of command stresses. But how are we offloading that? And how quickly can we offload that so that when in these in-between times, so that we can build that so when something does happen, we're able to bounce back more quickly, kind of like Phil said.
1: Yeah, that's great. And so I think that mariners by nature are fairly resilient people. Um, Please correct me if you have yes. so, <laughs> have have a differing opinion of that. So we've talked, we've defined it a little bit. So now let's talk about some ways that we can offer comfort to those who are suffering or ease suffering, which is kind of your job, I, in my opinion. And so let's go a little bit into that.
3: Christine, you want to start? Yeah. About with the fire on the ship and the response the SCI did as the response SCI has done, you know, following the Titanic and all these other. Uh, different scale disasters is following something called My- maslow's hierarchy of needs so starting at the bottom these base needs do you have food shelter safety do you need water which is one of the biggest things to give someone after an event Let's make sure they're hydrated and and that they're not going to go immediately towards alcohol or something like that make sure that they can have access to movement and and safety like that before we move up to the point of past that base, like spiritual um, things. Normally, after a disaster, people don't need to speak about that. They need to know that they're
2: safe. And so
3: that's what we're going to do first. That's critical.
1: Thank you. Phil?
2: Hey, Christine. You, you, you did mention that um, fire on the ship in Port Newark and seeing strategic response to that. And I would just like to add that it really was everyone's response. And what I mean is that Seaman Institute has this emergency fund to respond to seafarers' need like that. The way we have that fund is because of folks who care about seafarers and mariners and donate funds to support the mission that SCI does. So for, for all those folks that do that, recognize that you know, your dollars is what allows Seaman Institute to help those mariners and others like that in, in situ. So I just... Want to make sure to put credit where credits due. You know, it's 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 not seaman church institute money. It's somebody else's money that it gave to us to use for that purpose. I just want to make sure we we recognize um, recognize that. And and when I think of of mariners and and how we you know, support them in in times of Christ and times of need, I think first off I, I want to know that you know, we that is seaman church institute organizations like us and others that support us, we see them we hear them we know them you know i i think a lot of times having a pain and challenges is acknowledged is important and and um i think often mariners can feel like they aren't seen heard or supported they're, they're on the ship and they're bringing stuff to and from and as long as stuff delivered maybe people don't care and I, and, and i want to say that's not true that that there are people like those that work for seam Church Organization, all those that support us, that we do care about the seafarers, and we hear them, and we care for them, and, and we want to help them any way. And the second part of that is, is what I would say this to seafarers mariners, don't suffer in silence. I, I think that the industry often does have this, and the mariners that work in the industry, often do have this mentality of, you know, we are tough mariners, and we can drive on and push through it, and, and we can do it. And I'll say, if if you are suffering, if you need help, please ask, because our organization is to help. And while we certainly routinely visit vessels, we probably don't visit every vessel. But if there's somebody in need and they ask, we have the ability. We're going to respond. So, but the first thing you need to do is ask for help. And I would just say, it's it's your own resilience to do that, to ask for help. And and please, if you need help, let us know.
1: That's great. And while you're visiting vessels do do you see that? Can you see it in someone's face when you walk on there and me? or you know, do do people come up to you and they say, "Hey, like, I'm not doing well. Do you get that? Do, do, do
3: people reach out to you in that in those ways?
2: I let, let Christine said first that she's actually one of the chaplains
3: for sure. I have, yeah, in in different ways. Sometimes you see it in their faces when you're talking with the crew and you notice that it'd be better to to go on a walk with them or something around the, around the vessel. And then they'll, they'll talk. And sometimes they'll talk openly. It depends on the health of the crew and the openness that they have um, within their, their hierarchy there. Are are they comfortable telling their, their captain what's going on? Or is the captain comfortable talking that top-down leadership? What are we seeing in different um, companies and organizations, which is where it can really, really start on, on healthy, Resilient. So yes, they come up. They'll sometimes they won't say anything in the in the vessel, but they'll text or call later. Mm-hmm. Other times they'll be pretty open. And i have noticed mariners, at least within that middle age group, are being pretty open, wanting to share with some of the guys coming in who are just starting. So I, I think there's a shift and a, a change in the stigma of of mental health and spiritual health and I think this is a good bridge for that to be able to have that option. But sometimes they won't talk and, you know, they're closed off and it's hard to reach them. But for the most part, and I agree with you, mariners do tend to be a highly resilient population. They have to be It's a job that demands it. Yes. Yes.
1: So what advice would you give the mariners today and and why would you give them that advice?
2: I I would uh, once again reinforce the point of. Please let us know if you need help. And you know, to reach out and let us know you'd help so we can respond. The, the second thing I'd like to say is you know, life is often like traveling through mountains and valleys. And you know, everybody's life has you might feel like you're never going to get out of that valley. But the reality is at some point you'll probably start and that might be the hardest part if I climb the mountain. Climbing mountain is hard, but eventually you reach a summit and it's worthwhile. And I would say to those mariners that if you are facing different challenges that make you feel like you're in the valley, please persevere for the next day and give yourself a chance to climb out of that valley and start making climb back to the mountaintop. And persevere doesn't mean persevere on your own. It means seek those that will collaborate with you and help you and lift you up. And Seamish Church is definitely one of those organizations. So please let us or the for World Organization like us know that you need help and we'd like to help lift you out of the valley and tie you back up to the mountaintop.
3: Absolutely. Now, resilience isn't about adversity. It's about how you respond to the adversity. And so knowing to use your resources and having the courage to use resources. People are waiting and so excited to to answer that call. So I know it can feel awkward, but to to make it because that's exactly why we're all here. And um, if we can get you in contact with the right person, that's also what we're trained to do. So Respond well to that adversity later. Take care of future you by taking taking care of that today.
1: Thanks, Christine. And, and you mentioned resources. And so I just want to ask you about your book right now. And can you share a little bit about what you've written about resiliency?
3: Sure. Yeah, I co-authored a book recently um, this year with Dr. Tanya Glenn, who is a um, trauma-informed care psychologist in Austin in, based in the central Texas area who travels around the country and does trauma and resilience training. I used to be partnered with organizations. So we wrote a book called Dialed In Trauma-Informed Care for First Responders and Military. And it definitely applies to mariners as well. It's a very kind of easy to shift in population as well with with that. So I really care about trauma-informed care. One of the worst things that can happen is when a mariner, first responder, veteran, reaches out for help, and they're trying to get help from someone who doesn't speak that language, who doesn't understand them, and who doesn't understand the, sh- the shift schedule and the stresses that puts on a family. So to to keep looking, to find the people who are the right people to talk with who know about the stresses involved in the Mariner communities, is imperative. So having trauma-informed care and people who are informed on your job.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you so much for that work. I know it's a ton of work to write a book like that. I'm excited to pick it up and, and take a look at it. So I'm happy to share this with our community. Okay. We'll make sure that we uh, put some details in the in our blog about it. So um please, Thank what you. else what else do you have to share with Women Offshore Community today?
2: Like I, I guess to the um women offshore community specifically, a part of the work I do and, and this this definitely a significant change. And top Christine, so I, I hope okay. that's okay. Um, fine. please, but, but 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 one of the areas I've been doing a lot of advocacy work in is SASH, a sexual assault, sexual harassment area, and I know that that's an, an area that Women Offshore does a like lot advocacy work in too. So, I'd certainly, for those folks are interested in working collaboratively in that area, please reach out to me if if you have, uh, whether it's uh, you're working with various um federal advisory committees in. Um, the National Merchant Mariner Personal Advisory Committee or National Merchant Mariner I certainly tend those. I go to the International Maritime Organization, International Labor Organization, and I'm certainly happy to work collaboratively with people, with members of Women Offshore on advocating for the type of thing to do, need to do to prevent sanctions from occurring and to better respond when they do. I mean, I, I, I would love for the day to happen when we lose the vocabulary because it never happens. And I'd love for that to happen. I, I don't expect we'll ever get to zero, but we need to dramatically improve the environment today. And, and I certainly would mm-hmm. look for ways to collaborate with folks on, on moving in that direction.
1: Thank you, Phil. Yes, we'll reach out. More work is to be done.
3: Absolutely. And for the women offshore, I, I want you all to know I've been looking for you all and I see you all out there on the vessels and on land doing the work. I, I could see you working harder in some to to do your job and to be seen and to to do it well. And I really respect and admire you all. And I think the ones who have reached out and we've kind of established some relationships because I just, I admire you all so much and, and I, I we're, we're here for you all. Thank you,
1: Christine. Thank you so much, Bill, for being a part of this today. I can't wait to spread the news about the good work that you guys are doing all over the us and the world and supporting our mariners thank you so much for your time today thank Thank you christine appreciate it
0: thanks for tuning in to the women offshore podcast come back next tuesday for another new episode if you want to propel women offshore forward visit womenoffshore.shop make a donation or purchase some swag until next time stay safe out there and we will talk to you soon